one, two, three. Welcome back, everybody. This is your host. My name is Joel, and this is another Texas Rangers podcast. Um, I think I'm trying to do this a little different than the, the first episode I did, the first two episodes. Uh, you, what did I didn't really have an outline of what to do. I basically just gave pre-game show and then a post-game show, and I want to do something different. I am. I, 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 I reported a podcast after the Rangers game was over on May 30th. It was like one in the morning. It's three now, but I did not like the way my the direction of that this was going. So I went ahead and decided to do a whole new episode for the third one. I feel like that's the best way to go instead of me being or me boring everybody out on my opinions and whatnot. I think this will be opinion based, yeah, but it won't be about oh this happened in the game, this happened in the game, you know. It's I think this is gonna be me sitting down, finding somewhere quiet and me having this writing notes down about either about the game or just stacks stats about Rangers or other baseball teams that grab my attention. So, I guess first things first on the agenda is Ranger stats. At the moment, or well, at least coming into yesterday's game, since it's three in the morning, the Rangers were hitting 200 with the bases loaded. They had 37 opportunities at seven hits. In those 37 at bats, they struck out 12 times. I, for one, am not a fan of that. I am looking at how basically it's went. Jerickson Profar has had seven at bats. He's had two hits, one of them being a double, and he's had seven RBIs. He's batting 286, but he's had two of the seven hits you have. And he's been responsible for driving in seven of the 27 runs, possibly. And 37 at bats. And I find that it's kind of sad. I mean, I'm not expecting any major league team to consistently bat well with the bases loaded, but I'm also not expecting a team to as a collectively to bat 200. It's only five hitters who have the seven hits. It is Ronald Guzman, Jerickson Profar, Einer, Isaiah Kiner Falefa, Sinchu Chu, and Rugnet Odor. Okay, Rugnet Odor. It's different because he's had one at bat and that one hit came off of Edwin Diaz two days ago. Bases loaded, three run double, game winning, boom. But that's what happened. Uh, no more Mazar. Last season, drove in 100 runs, 
you would think he would be okay. He would he would at least do something with the bases loaded. He's 0 for 4 so far with two strikeouts. Based off what I've seen from the games, watching No More Mazar with the bases loaded, it's you you kind of already know he's not going to do anything. He's I mean he's what grounded out and he strikes out basically, and it seems based off of four bats, it seems like a lot. He's only played 36 games this season, but you know it's four at bats, four costly at bats. So this team needs to. I feel like it, every team is up for improvement, but this team specifically really needs to improve when it comes to situational hitting for the veterans to scoring position. I I should look this up, but I'm not going to right now. I forget when or I forget their batting average with runners in scoring position. It was real it was pretty low. And based off of the fact that they have seven hits and thirty seven at bats at a It shows. But for the Seattle game today, they had three at-bats with the bases loaded and ended up with one hit out of three at-bats. And one hit ended up being a double by Robinson Chirinos. <gasps> Robinson Chirinos had a good game today. Went three for five. Three RBIs. Go ahead, RBIs. He... Someone got a pitch that wasn't particularly a fan of but he did get the job done so there's that so I guess that means Rangers are 8 for 40 now awesome because I had two at bats so first at bat was in the fifth inning since you struck out on a pitch right down the middle and three pitches and that was it he was done effortless it was it's frustrating watching that team with the bases loaded. And then the Baronet's batter was Jerickson Profar, who I just gave a lot of praise to. And he grounded into a double play in the in the fifth off of James Paxson. So that's what happened. Uh not much not much to do or talk about about that. It's just I can't reiterate it enough. They need to improve when it comes to runners and score position. So Netsoff is coming into yesterday's game. Okay, so I don't have to keep saying that. All these stats I'm bringing up for the Rangers are from yes, coming into yesterday's game. So these aren't all up today because of their game behind, but still. Rangers were batting, or I'll say this. The Rangers had the fourth lowest batting average in the major leagues at 229. And it makes sense. When you have multiple batters hitting under 100 or hitting under 200, it really, really hurts. You have Rugnado Door. You have Joey Gallo. <sighs> I don't want to go on, but there you go. You have... These batters who are on this roster in the starting lineup and are 
winging nothing but for the fences. And I've never been a fan of die by the long ball or live by the long ball, die by the long ball. I have always been a fan of the Michael Young type player, a contact hitter, Elvis Andrews type hitter. I would rather I would rather have a con- someone who actually hit for contact instead of swinging for the fences every time. Um, if anyone's listening to this and you listen to the one, you you listen to one of five three the fan. Joey Gallo was on there. I want to say last year or his. Yeah, one okay, yeah, last year, and basically he was doing an interview with Ben and Skin and. Basically, he was asked if he could hit a wiffle ball with a wiffle ball bat. And his response was, yes, but only if he was on a hot streak and he needed the biggest at bat. And that kind of shows you where he's at. Uh, In tonight's game, he struck out. Let me see if I can bring that up. I don't mean to take this long. Tonight's game, he struck out once, meaning he has, I want to say, 79 strikeouts and maybe 200, 200, and 200 and something at bats. He has either 79 or 80 something strikeouts. Uh, I, like I said, I'm not a fan of these going for the home or swinging for the fences. I cannot stand the way working at a door plays. I wanted him to be successful. You wish for the best when it comes to players, but you have to understand that there are some players who are who they are. I I brought this up in the first episode that working at a door. Hit that three-run home run 2016 season against Edwin Diaz. And it was a pitch, a slider, I think, outside, low, and away. And he hit it to center field for a walk-off three-run home run. And how Jeff Bannister was praising that. I would hope Jeff Bannister isn't still praising swinging at literally every pitch. Just because, you know, for the home runs. I would hope that Jeff Bannister is motivating these players to be better than what they are. These are you've seen what Bergnador can do in the past. He can be a pretty average decent player. Uh I won't say he's an above average player because he's not he does not walk. His defense is terrible. He strikes out, but he can hit him. 260, 250 with 30 home runs. So that's the type of player I need working at the door. We all need him to be in order for the Rangers to be successful. And it's tough that he got signed pretty early after one big successful breakout season. But that's baseball, you know. This team, I caught out already two players 
who have struck out, who, I mean, strike out a lot. But it's not just them. You also have players like Carlos Perez, who is, is up here for his defense, and his defense is supposedly above average. As a cannon for an arm, he's just here for his defense. He's had 49 at-bats, and he struck out 15 times. Uh, basically, this entire team. They lead the MLB in strikeouts with 554 total. Live by the long ball, die by the long ball. This whole team is swinging for the fences. And you can tell it really shows. You have the line of the shields struggling as of late. Uh, but the other day he was, what, 73 at bats? 7 for 73 at bats? Or he was 11 for something, 77 at bats? He's struggling. He's an easy out. Today he struck out too on a really bad at bat. I mean, it lasted nine, nine pitches. That's good. But he swung at two balls. He fouled off two, what would have been ball four twice. Or at least, you know, he would have walked. But he fouled it off. And the only thing I can say positive about that at bat is that it was less than nine pitches. Great. And that he did show improvement in the middle of the at-bat. On the eighth pitch, the he was swinging at high, pit, high pitches, basically. This pitch just comes up high exactly where he's been swinging at. He doesn't go for it. He realized it was a ball. He did not go for it. Ball through his car. The next pitch, he strikes out. But I did like that he did show some type of improvement. I thought that was great. The Texas Rangers, I talked about them having a 229 batting average. They are the third lowest hit total. The team at third lowest team average. I'm not sure how to word that correctly. They are only they're, no, actually they're fourth. Yeah, fourth. That's what I meant to say. There's be the only they're above Toronto the Padres, and the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, I don't know where that puts, where that means, where that put exactly puts the Rangers lineup and compared to those teams, but if you were to ask me if the Rangers were one of the worst lineups out, out there in baseball, I would have told you no at the beginning of the season. Mm, maybe that's because Beltre and Elvis are out. However, I seriously doubt it because I don't see them two of them uh, changing this lineup dramatically. So, live by the long ball, die by the long ball. The Rangers have hit 66 home runs tied for ninth place with the Oakland A's. So, there you go. <laughs> there's, there's your proof for the live by the long ball, die by the long ball. I mean, here's 66 home runs. So, there is that. Then now, now I'm going to talk about the pitching staff. This really bad pitching staff. <laughs> and I, I don't mean to be upsetting. But, actually, let me go back to the hitters one more time. For 
our hitting coach, I think it's Anthony Iopossi. Anthony Iopossi, or I cannot say, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He, since becoming the, what, the Rangers hitting coach, in 2016, the Rangers batted 262 as a team. And that season, we won 90, I want to say 96 games or 95 games, and we led the league, we led major leagues and wins. We were the, statistically the best team there was. So, his rookie rookie season coming, being a being a hitting coach, we had a great success, and I don't know what that means for him. You know, I know it was a a fluke season. It was fool's gold, but I do not know. If that's associated with Anthony Iobosi. In 2017, the Rangers has a team hit it, had hit 244. A dramatic decrease. But at the same time, you also added Joey Gallo, who was swinging at everything. You also had Mike Napoli swung at everything. You had Rugner the door, the downfall of Rugner the door. You had a bunch of, you had a you did have players who were supposed to be better than what they were, not live up to expectations. And I'm not talking about Gallo because Joey Gallo, no one is expecting him to hit for contact. He is up here because of his power and his defense. If he could learn how to hit for contact, that would be great. I would not care if he hit 40 home runs at all. I would... Rather him hit 250, at least, 240. That's fine with me. Just hit the ball. I'm tired of strikeouts on this team. It's it's really frustrating, and it's been stemming since 2016. So. In 2018, this season so far, like I told you, they're batting 229 as a team. So, Based off of the small sample size, we have one fluke season, and we have, I don't know if you want to call 2017 a fluke season because of the, we had a bunch of hitters, you know, decrease, come back to reality to, for, for what they were. And in this season, we just have a bunch of crap. I don't know how to say it, you know. So that is what it is. Now I want to talk about Brug. Brocal, that's how you say the pitching coach's name, Rangers pitching coach. Since 2015, the Rangers have had a, or I won't say that. In 2015, the Rangers had a 4.34 ERA with 100 and what 1,154 strikeouts. That is somewhat decent. That's good. I mean, yeah. A 4.34 ERA as a team average <laughs> with this pitching staff that we have, such as Martin Perez, Cole Hamels, whoever else was on the team. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say that that was a successful season. However, our pitchers do not strike batters out, and that has to change. I would rather have an increase in the strikeouts, but... As you can see, they had a thousand one hundred and fifty-four. That was 
I was okay for that season, for that Fool's Gold season. All right. Now in 2017, the Rangers degressed. They had a 4.66 ERA with 100 and a, with 1,107 strikeouts. I do not know how to explain it. I know that we had a we had ballpen problems. We had issues with starting pitchers. You know, we had Hugh Darvish struggling the, basically the entire season. He was not the pitcher that we were used to seeing. We had Cole Hamels injured coming back and he's with a four well, you know, basically a four ERA, you know. He wasn't exactly doing anything. We had Martin Perez who mediocre. We had Austin Bibber Dirks. He was a rookie, you know, a 30-something-year-old rookie who doesn't have the best stuff, but was up there to be a long reliever slash starter and pitch. You had the digression of Tony Barnett, who had a wonderful 2016 season. You had sent you had the collapse of Sam Dyson. You had Matt Bush not struggling as the closer. You had Alex Claudio struggling as the closer. Rangers did not have a closer. You had who was it? Jeffers, Jeremy Jeffers. It that whole pitching staff was just it went from decent to pretty bad really quick within a season and it never really recovered from it. And like strikeouts went down. You know, you went what, 44, 47? Strikeouts matter. Especially when your team is swinging for the fences. You need to be able to get quick outs. So far this season, the Rangers have a 4.77 ERA and have struck out 423. Uh, nothing, nothing impressive at all so far. They are not strikeout pitchers at all this season. They are in 25th place with 423Ks. Uh, if you're expecting this team to even be somewhat of a contender, you're delusional. I, speaking of delusional, this is a funny story. I had this guy on Twitter try to explain to me how the Texas Rangers can and should trade with their prospects that they have at this exact moment. Trade for Louis Servino from the New York Yankees and Marcus Stroman from the Toronto Blue Jays. Delusional. That's what that is. Yeah. So this team so far this season, six highs, ERA, 477. 25th place, total strikeouts with 423. This pitching staff has not improved at all since last year. If anything, it's about the same. What the Rangers should have did was rebuild. Don't bring up me. Don't bring this team. Watch the veterans taking slots off of 
other prospects that we do have. You have Ariel Huardo, who pitched against the White Sox, had that one start. He, it was his first start. I don't know what you want, what you're expecting out of it. He wasn't a strikeout pitcher, but he went five innings, gave up, what, three runs, and we lost that game. And then they sent them back down to the minors, and his first start going back down was a Greg Maddox. Went nine innings, had one strikeout, threw 98 pitches, or maybe it was 88 pitches, and it was a complete game shutout. You know? I'm not saying that he would have done that in, in up here in the big leagues, but I'm saying I would rather have him start than Matt Moore. The, the whole Matt Moore trade, uh, if anybody can really explain that to me, and why that even happened, I am. I'm, I'm trying to understand why. He had a five ERA, I think, last season, and a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Yeah, and you send them over to a hitter-friendly ballpark and are expecting great results. His ERA coming into tonight was that was that an eight, basically seven nine nine. Uh, the dude. Uh, sadly, he was a potential Cy Young candidate, but sadly, those days are gone. He's, like I said, washed up. He, uh, it's a one-year one-year deal, and that's great, but God, he is awful. You know, today he gave he was pitching two innings. He was fine in two innings, and then third inning he walked the guy batting 190 coming into the game. Mike Zeno, and then he struggled with Gordon Beckham on a walk, and he ended up giving up four runs, earned five in total. And somehow the Rangers were able to cover him. You know, I I, I don't get the Matt Moore trade. So there you go. I. Did not like Johan Mendes coming up here to make a one out against the Houston Astros series back in early May. He came up, got that one out, and that's day sent him back down. What was the point of bringing him up? You know, I absolutely hated that they wasted him. I would rather have Johan Mendes starting for at least being a reliever, even a long reliever, just to get some experience you know he's in that spot where maybe he's triple a pitcher maybe he's a big league picture i mean he could be two two years away i i don't know exactly uh but basically anybody right at the moment is better than mike minor uh doug fister you should rangers in enough sign them why i again i cannot tell you why we have partolo Colon. i cannot tell you why we have memoir i cannot tell you why we got Doug Fister, and I cannot tell you why Mike Miner is a starting pitcher, despite the fact that he hasn't started a game in three to five years. I don't know why the Rangers are picking up lots of veterans, looking potentially looking for lightning in the bottle. It's frustrating to watch. It's a waste of a season. It's wasting player young young players' time. I I don't get it. And that's just 
where I'm at this season. Uh, so I just looked up Jer Jeremy Jeffers' stats because <laughs> we Rangers had him and got rid of him. Was it last season? He posted a and as a Ranger, he posted a. In 40.2 in 40 innings, he posted a 5.31 ERA. And then as soon as he went to Milwaukee, he had he pitched 24.2 innings of work, and he posted a 3.65 ERA. And now he, this season, to start the season off, he has pitched 29 innings and has a .62 ERA, 5 wins in 28 games. So, I don't know if it's this pitching staff, pitching coach. I mean, I'm not trying. I don't like blaming it on the coaching staff or Jeff Bannister. I'm not one of those people. But at some point, I I don't know who, who what exactly is going on. Maybe it's just baseball, and that's just the way it is, you know. Uh. Rangers acquired Cameron Rump this season, this offseason. You know, he was he was waived by Philadelphia, where last season he was pretty decent. For his career average, he's got 240 hits, 39 home runs, 124 at-bats. He's, what, 20, 29, and he had a 234 batting average. He's in our... He's in our hour. He's triple A. He's played 31 games. He said he's had 31 hits and 113 at bats, eight home runs, 26 RBIs, and he's batting 274. Now his defense isn't as good as Carlos Perez. He's supposedly a above average. I mean, you know, he's an average average player with a decent arm. And his stats really do show that he gives up a lot of stolen bases. I'm looking at it, his fielding right now. Because he seems like offensively, based off what he says in AAA, he can do a lot more better than Carlos Perez, who is what had 49 at-bats, 15 strikeouts. Give me anybody above him. But so far this season, Cameron Rump has given up 30 stolen bases in AAA. And 30 games, and he's also managed to catch six stealing. Whereas Carlos Perez has caught four and has only allowed four. So that's where that's um, uh, another stat from the Rangers. Another depressing stat is that the Texas Rangers have 44 errors this season in 53 games. So I don't know where that puts us, but. Our defense is horrible. You have Odor. You have no Marmazar. Okay. I don't want to continue to rant, but you have so many first basemen out here. You have so many left fielders out here, and you are trying and struggling to put them on the field to get something started, to get them to improve. <sighs> it's not working so far. I mean, maybe at some point it will improve, but... It's not looking like it at all right at the moment. All right, I'm done with the Rangers. <laughs>
it's time for the MLB random stats. I don't know what to do for that moment, so I'm just gonna clap. All right, so so, so I guess yesterday Max Scherzer won his 150th game. Congrats, Max Scherzer! I'm sure you have been one of the easily one of the top five pitchers since since 2014, 13. That when he had that insane year with the Tigers. I don't remember it what year exactly that was, but Max Scherzer going to the Nationals has been one of the best signings of free agents in recent history. Max Scherzer's great. Uh, that dude, I feel bad for him. You've seen him lose a lot of, it, what is it, I guess the Cubs last season in the playoffs, he gave up, what, maybe one run, and I think that was a score, or I remember they lost. The Nationals lost that game. It was, what, game five against, yeah. I want to say it was like the Nationals were just upbeat. And I feel bad for Max Scherzer. He's a great picture he deserves. He deserves that, that one W, you know. But congrats on your 150th one. Nathan L.V. Dodley. Uh, you know what? I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> However, today was the 25th no-hit bid this season. That's a lot of, or at least carried into the sixth inning or longer. 25 no-hit bids this season. I know we're, we are approaching a major strikeout season season high for you know major league baseball in general and maybe that has something to do with why there are so many no hitters going into the sixth inning specifically 25 so far and it's May 31st you know you still have a long time last season there were 24 in total so within a couple three two months we managed right pitchers managed to beat the no-hit bid total, which I find insane. Rookies, Rockies prospect Brandon Rogers, someone to look at. He's one of their top prospects. I think he's actually ranked on the pipeline, pipeline's top 100 pocket, or prospects. He had his 11th home run of the season. I cannot wait for him to come up. I... We'll be honest, I know him from MLB The Show, and I basically try to trade for him on MLB The Show. Uh, I am looking forward to his career when once he gets up here. I would like to see him come up. It's a, I'm, I don't know where he would play, but I would definitely like to see him come up. I think it'd be pretty nice to see the Rockies do good. That'd be cool to see. I think what National League West has been horrible so far this season. You know, you expected the Dodgers to be in first place right now, but sometimes baseball gods just say no to logic and put other teams in front. <laughs> oh, well. And this isn't really 
related to baseball, you know, Major League Baseball, but today my beat the streak ended at four. I'm not very good at it. I, I've i done it since it first came out, but I don't pay attention to it too much. However, my longest streak has been 10. Maybe it was 12, I don't remember. But recently I've been missing out a whole lot. But I managed to get my streak to four, and I gambled today. I put Gene Shigera because he was going against Mike Miner. And then I put Nick Markakis from the Braves because he was going against Jason Vargas, I think, against the New York Mets. And Jason Vargas was pitching on a three-day, four-day rest, something like that. And I I saw that he had like a pretty high URA. It was either five or seven or four. I don't remember. But it was high enough to me for me to feel comfortable. Like, yeah, he's Marquez is going to get it. Turns out Marquez ends up going 0 for 4. I think uh, Vargas had a shutout, or at least was pretty dominant throughout the game. And that right there <laughs> ended my streak. But I did win with the Gene Shakira. Uh, it just sucks that I gambled away. Nick Marquez. So now I'm back to zero. And if anybody has any tips, hit me up, man. You know, and I don't have a problem with it. All right, so now we're moving on to random sports topic. Uh, it's going to be LeBron James, Cleveland Cavaliers against the Golden State Warriors for the NBA Finals 2018. If anybody did not see this outcome coming, I don't know what to tell you because everybody expected it. I was rooting for the Rockets and I was rooting for the Celtics because this is the fourth time, the fourth time in four years, we are getting these two same, these two same teams in the NBA Finals. I'm, t- I'm, t- I want to see something different. I was happy with two game sevens. I knew the Warriors were going to win. I knew LeBron was going to win, but I didn't expect the, what is it, Rockets to miss. 23 straight threes. I didn't expect Boston to struggle from the three-point line. I expected two close games and not what we got. But if I have to be honest on who I'm going with, I'm not a LeBron fan and I'm not a Warriors fan because they got KD and I don't like Steph Curry. So I'm going for LeBron because of KD. You know, I... I dislike Katie for that much. To me, Katie is in the championship. He is in a type. He's a, he is in a championship type player. He was a bandwagoner, and I lost a lot of respect for him. He should have stayed in OKC. I get that they had problems on OKC, but that's how I feel. You know, that's what. A, that's what, that is. That's what it is. But I, I, I'm hoping this is a Game 7 instead of a five-game series. This NBA Finals, I am tired of the Warriors versus the Cavaliers. So, hot, hot, hot topic right now. Or, not hot topic, hot scoop. So, there's a rumor going out that the Cleveland Cavaliers have, or not, no, the Philadelphia 76ers have 
are, are wanting to get LeBron James to come to them. But they don't have... I think they need $10 million in cap space. And the rumor is that the 49ers are going to trade one of the first-round picks, possibly the 10th-round pick, to the Dallas Mavericks and another player to get cap space free. And the Rangers will send some rando over there. That way they have enough money to get LeBron James in the offseason. LeBron James isn't going to be in Cleveland. And if he is, I will do something. I don't know what I'll do. I'll, I'll figure it out. But LeBron James is 100% leaving Cleveland. I know there was rumors about him going to be a Laker. I don't see that happening. But, you know, maybe it's a... It's the Lakers. Who doesn't want to be a Laker? It's That's the NBA. You know, that's America's team. Just like the Dallas Cowboys are America's team. And who doesn't want to be a Cowboy? Probably Eagles fans. Yeah. So that's the rumor going on around here. Specific Dallas. I mean, don't take it with a grain of salt. But I think, yeah, it could make sense for how 76ers get LeBron James. Also. If you don't know about Brian Coleangelo's Burners account, you really, really need to go look that up on Ringer. That was the funniest thing I think the internet has seen since the KD. Or I, I don't know when was the last funniest thing, but that was definitely 100% funny. And the internet seems to be having a great time with it. And for those of you who don't know, Brian Coliango, I don't remember. I He might be a GM for the 76ers, or maybe he's a part-time owner. I don't know. He he's, he's he works with them, basically. He was, bas- he was basically caught using multiple burner accounts to talk trash about the 76ers, to talk trash about former head coach Hinky, Sam Hinky. Or Hanky, I don't know how to say that name. If you don't know, I'm bad with names. But anyways, Brian Coliano, Coliangel, he was he was caught saying, just talking trash to Joel and B, uh, 76ers. He was caught defending his collars and how they are normal size, not ridiculously big. The dude is a dude is a living joke, <laughs> and quick leak on the internet. It is becoming one of the biggest memes. What is it? It says, "Find a new slant, move on. Find a new slant." That right there is going to be the next meme. I've seen it so many times, and I really, I want to thank Brian Coliano for just <laughs> being dumb. Uh, Four burner, multiple burner accounts, and not covering your tracks. Amazing. So that is beyond funny, and it will live for a while. Uh, I know there's an investigation about Brian Culliano within the 76ers and organization about whether or not he did use burner accounts, and <laughs> I find this whole situation to be funny, and I hope you do too. But there you go. Oh, and I will say for the for the finals, I'm gonna hope it's seven games. So I'll say Cleveland six games. 
<laughs> Cleveland's not gonna wind up. It's gonna be the Warriors winning in five, or maybe possibly even a sweep. Le- LeBron's not winning, but there you go. So I guess I'm out of topics at the moment. I don't exactly know what to talk about, but here we go. You can find me on iTunes at another Texas Ranger podcast. I think I'm gonna be doing this possibly once a week, possibly every so often. Maybe I'll even just do it when I get bored. Maybe it'll be random. Maybe twice a week. I don't know. I forgot to schedule for this. And I think I'm going to stick to this format instead of the format where I'm just recapping the game and giving my opinion. I feel more comfortable doing this. I think I'll just do this. Find a room to sit in and Instead of walking and pacing back and forth. Oh, that was it. I probably won't be posting that last episode I recorded earlier this today. But I will be posting this one. So there's that. If Make sure you leave a like. Or maybe can you leave a like on the podcast? I don't know. Get, leave a review. It doesn't matter what it is. One star, two stars, three stars, four stars, five stars. I would rather have a high review count or you know i mean like five but leave leave a comment for critiques leave a comment for about how you love the show how you hate it doesn't matter just interact with me it would be awesome thank you for listening this has been another another texas ranger podcast i'm joe i'm signing off see you next time